The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air yeah. And the screams from everywhere yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill I'm ready. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair Can't be scared when it goes down Got a problem, tell me Stop. now Only thing that's on my mind Is who gon' this town tonight Hey, welcome to the Kwame Lasso Sports Talk We are live on a Tuesday morning Do not forget, we are going four days a week Alex Clancy, Deputy Bree in the studio with me. We need more than one hour. So much sports going on right now. We need more than one hour because I know for a fact all the things that I want to talk about, Alex, Deborah um, has to talk about. We're not going to get it done. We're not going to get it done. It, it has been done, I believe, somewhat that you can get all sports in and an maybe hour. almost. Yeah, but okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe almost. almost. Yeah. Sort of, kind of, maybe. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's so much going on. From the time we left you last week, there's a lot of sports going on. Um, there's a new season coming up, and we might talk to Kevin, who's here at Voice America Sports. He's our in-house expert. Yeah, but he's making a lot of excuses. Oh, I haven't did this, I haven't did this. He has press passes to the hockey. Hockey's about to start. and We talked hockey on this show a couple times, only to the extent that I played it on video games. That's when I used to like the <laughs> Detroit Red Wings. I know Wings. how to spell it. But now we have, our, uh, we have our hockey team here in the Valley, so got to root for those guys. We will talk Cardinals. We'll, we'll talk... NBA coming up. Who, who are we looking for? And we definitely got to talk football and some college football. Let's see if we can get into it. Alex Clancy, Deputy Debris, Kwame Lasso Sports Talk. We're not going to get into hockey right now because Kevin's got to Google some things so he can sound intelligent. Ooh, phew. <laughs> He's got to find his information. <laughs> Just like we do every, every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. So, well, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, we'll be going to four days a week. So we will get more into that as the show go on. Uh, John Missile has put all that together. Now we need to get our packages together so we can get moving. Basketball, is it a, is it is it a big deal for you? Are you anxious for basketball? It seems like basketball has just ended for us. Yeah, it, it really does. does. It's yeah. it's too early. Who who are we talking about in basketball? Are we talking about Miami Heat? Because I do want to talk about the Golden State Warriors as being one of those teams, that young team that you know kind of went the distance. And their distance was when it ended, but they played it. It went up against a veteran team in the San Antonio Spurs. But are we talking about the Lakers and Kobe, or Kobe and the Lakers? Are we talking about the Miami Heat? Are we talking about the Houston Rockets and um, and the crybaby they have? Uh, <laughs> but uh, who is the basketball team we're talking about? Do we even get to the Knicks uh, with Paul Pierce? Uh, Pierce is with the uh, Nets. Nets yeah. There's a lot of basketball to talk about. What are you excited for in the basketball coming season? Uh, personally, I'm excited to see. You, you st- kind of saw at the beginning of last year that the changing of the guard is starting to happen. That hasn't happened in the last 10 or 15 years. The Spurs are getting older. Yes, they made it to the finals. They almost won the finals. They're, they kind of uh, withstood the test of time. You see the Lakers are starting to rebuild. And Kobe's only got two years left probably. And it, it's interesting to see. And you brought up Golden State. Like these younger teams, Derrick Rose is fully healthy again. So they have a pretty young core over there. The Nets have an all-star team from 10 years ago, and we'll see with, with their aging veterans if they can if they can make a run. But I think it's really just a two-team race. Oklahoma City, if everybody stays healthy, and, and Miami, until they disband or get stronger, Miami could be around for a long time. So I think that that's the number one storyline, Derrick Rose coming back and Kobe coming back. Oh, Derrick Rose, that's, that's a good mention because, uh, you know, we just waited for this guy. He's been ready. No one knows other than the athlete, not even the 
trainers. I don't, I don't think even he knows. Where you coming back? Where he's possible. That's more of a mental was. thing then because physically yeah. he, he can do it, but you mentally you have to get over that hump. That's mm-hmm. a good, um, you know, bringing up Derrick Rose because the Chicago Bulls went the distance and their distance uh, without this guy. Yeah, and, and the thing is with him is I think it was smart. In, in, in hindsight, he got a lot of crap for it for sitting out, but they weren't going to win last year anyways. Not so I think, them. no, and I think that he gained, he's still, I think, 23. He's still a baby, 24 maybe now. And that year, he gained, he had another year to the end of his career by sitting out last year, by getting fully healthy, letting, letting it do its uh, due course with, with recovery from the surgery. And he's a game changer. So we'll see what happens. And the East is going to be tough this year again. He he is a game changer, but you know that guy is a difference maker. Um, so I, I it is kind of tough for me to say that they wasn't gonna make it because look what they did. It's tough playing, and this is a good thing. It's tough playing with superstars or without superstars. And let's have a superstar on your team who's no longer there. Now everyone has to pick up the slack. Everyone has to know their role. With the superstar, you expecting him, uh, he or she to take the last shot. It's say that we talking basketball to take the last shot. So you've already. Um, You've already avoided yourself to, well, I'm not going to be the man. I'm, I'm not going to be the person on this shot. That's what we had a problem. Well, that's what the Chicago Bulls had a problem. Remember Kobe and uh, it was uh, uh, Coach. Uh, Coach ended up taking the last mm-hmm. shot. Not Kobe, I'm sorry, uh, Pippen and Coach. And he was actually mad that Phil said, this is the guy who's taking the last and shot. And he made it. But, yeah, you're, the guy, yeah, you're, you're the one who wants the shot. Right. I mean, you're, you know, the guys that want the last shot, they, they know who they are and what they're capable of. And, Rose right now, um, it'll be real interesting to see how he does come back because having that much time off can really affect the momentum right. and the mo- mental and emotional aspect of what you're going to be able to do when you get on the court. We'll see if he uh, play a lot of summer ball too because uh, just just enough to keep him moving because he is a talent. He got to come out of Memphis. He was the number one pick um, mm-hmm. uh, coming out of Memphis, uh, well-deserving. You know, you have an injury, something like that. I mean, we've seen so many people come back, uh, have surgeries, and not come back. Right. We we watch Amari Stoudemire, who I think should still be a Phoenix Sun. But when you get a micro fracture, fracture surgery, that's a uh, uh, hundred to thousand mm-hmm. little pins in your knee, little holes in your kneecap. I had eight of them. Yeah, and, and mine. <laughs> I've had one and didn't yeah. know I was even getting it. But it wasn't. A, it was. I had three big holes instead of. It wasn't a micro. It was a macro fracture. Yeah. But that's tough to come back when you're running and jumping out of a Absolutely. gym. Absolutely. And, and and basketball players to throw in this. They don't play basketball all summer because they'll get bored and frustrated. They have a long season already. That's why I said it was so much. It seemed like basketball just ended for, for me as a fan. Um, but these guys are right back at it next month. Well, yeah. the, one thing, too, with, with the uh, – sorry, Alex. So one thing, too, with uh, the mental aspect, it's not only the mental and emotional aspect of being able to overcome the surgery and the pain and whatever the body has gone through, but it's also the mental acuity, the sharpness, the focus, to be able to be creative on the court. And sometimes if you allow that to lapse, it's just like your muscles. If you allow it to lap, the uh, lapse, uh, the brain does the same thing. It'll fall back into old patterns. So to be able to keep that sharpness right. at a high level is important. Well, you know, a lot of football, Alex, <laughs> I apologize. No, it's too. okay. Don't do it. I talk I, enough. I, I fake apologize <laughs> like Deborah does. Too. Jump in. <laughs> in your lavender shirt well, over there. We didn't even oh. take a... Let me. Uh, I'm trying not to cuss. Well, the sweet voice is going to come in in the my, second. My, my, my grandmother might be listening, so I'm trying not to cuss. Uh, you know, uh, let me. On a, on a side note, people actually like you too. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I, I send That's you. That's amazing. I know. 
They don't say anything about me. They only only my mom says that about me, so that's cool that, to hear other people say that. It's awesome. Yeah, mom, I think I thought she was raised by wolves. Go ahead. And, so, <laughs> no, um, and I, I have this interesting um, parallel between the NFL and how it's moving and the NBA is the NFL is the read option. Now that's the fad, and obviously it's becoming, becoming defunct week by week uh, more and more. But the NBA, they have now point guards that are your, your leading scorer. Steph Curry, Derrick Rose, these young guys who are supremely talented, and I've held true to this statement that I've said forever that a read option quarterback will never well the chance of a read option quarterback winning a Super Bowl are slim to none. Kaepernick almost got there, but they didn't win, so it doesn't matter. And I think that if a point guard is your leading scorer in the NBA, you won't win a championship. I, I can buy that point guard. <clears throat> I can buy that point guard. But do you think that's why San Francisco got him dropping back now? I think they want to show all the dimensions of uh, uh, Kaepernick because eventually. They gonna have. Now they have a running game. They do have a legit running game. They have legit running backs over there, um, but eventually, I think he's just holding off because he don't know what he's gonna need on the second half of the season. And Kaepernick, we already know, can run that read option well. Um, but as far as winning the Super Bowl, to your point, as far as winning the Super Bowl or the big game, is it gonna be uh, feasible for him to stay in that position? Not feasible, but it will be more make more sense for him to stay in that position or stay in that role, that type of offense. Yeah, it'll be interesting because. It, like when point guards score a lot of points, it kind of stagnates the rest of the guys, you know, because he's the one that if he's your like Russell Westbrook's a perfect example. If he is your one of your first options to score, everybody else is just kind of standing around. Read option, nobody really knows what's going to happen until that's why it's an option. That's what I like that I yeah, like about it. Sure, but it also can stagnate an offense because if you're running a route and then you have to break off your route because it, it was a read option. Like there's so many different variables. It's so much more of a complex offense than than a traditional offense that have won people won team Super Bowls uh, for forever. I think if you don't pay attention defensively, then you don't know what these routes are. Because there's a big difference in a 10-yard route and a 12-yard route, especially when you get the read option because it's all timing. Uh, but if you don't pay attention defensively, that's when you get beat. And receivers know there's a good chance when, whenever this ball comes, I have to run my route as if I'm, not, if I'm getting it every time when I know this is a run play. Unless you're Randy Moss. Unless you ran them off and you're going straight down the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> Tiptoeing <laughs> down. Yeah, you, you know I'm not getting the ball, so I'm going to jog off. But I, I think uh, you made a point as far as the point guard, and I agree with this. If the point guard is a leading scorer, then we got a problem. Because now, as the season goes, this long 82 game season goes on, we, well, we're thinking he's going to take the shot anyway. So it's a surprise to me when you get when you pass the ball and I have to shoot it. I already, I'm expecting to shoot him, but when you got, you know, lesser. And guys looking at you and say, oh, this guy's, of course he's going to shoot it. But Jordan wasn't like that with the Bulls. Jordan, everyone knew he would take the last shot, but he was he was able to uh, give the ball up to a B.J. Uh, Armstrong, to a Paxson. He was able to give it to those guys, uh, Steve Kerr, and they knocked those shots down. It's the confidence he put in them and just stay, instead of saying, I'm taking this shot. And part of that was, excuse me, part of that was the hard practice that those guys went through. I mean, they beat each other up in practice, uh, mentally, emotionally, and physically, to make sure that they could be creative on the court because they knew everybody was gunning for them. Right, and, and you got to practice. You know, I, we always say practice like you're gonna play. Absolutely. And some guys just come out there and say, "I don't want to practice." Some guys, and that, you know, that messes up the the morality for the rest of the, some players. Right. You can, like when you go into a gym, you got a workout party and say, man, I don't feel like working out. All of a sudden, you don't feel like working out. You right. just messed up the whole thing. We was going to get in and get it done. But, you know, that crossed over to everything. You go, if you come into the show, I didn't feel like coming here. It's a long drive. Then I, I say it all the time. Uh, traffic, traffic's bad. Mm -hmm. Just mess up the whole mentality, really, for me. 
And then I have so much to say. All right, we still let's it's, get back to basketball. It's a very sad story. I'm starting to get tears in my eyes right now. Deborah almost ran me off the road after the show a couple of days ago. <laughs> you know, you know it, that suburban it, that can make some noise. I've seen her down. It's a GMC. I've seen her go. That's what I said. <laughs> I've seen her driving on the 51. She could do one north. I don't, I don't like driving with the amateurs. You know, you got to be able to get in and I go. I stayed in the far left lane with the <laughs> HOV, and I She's like Jeff Gordon it. on the lane. I just hey, I've driven that six hundred horsepower race car. I know what that feels like, and yeah. I want to recreate that any place I go. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, we're gonna come back. We're gonna take a break. We got about thirty seconds to break, but I want to talk some baseball real quickly. If you guys watch the uh, play-in uh, series, um, what is it, Tampa Bay? And uh, well, Tampa Bay now has to play Cleveland, right? Yeah, that's gonna be a tough one. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Like I like this one game playoff thing. I, I didn't I, think I'd like it because it's like another tiebreaker. Like tonight, uh, right. Cincinnati and the and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. I hope they win tonight. Pittsburgh. Yeah, I really do. Didn't I think Pittsburgh, Andrew, didn't they win the, um, their uh, division? Well, here's the thing. It, it, regardless of what happened in the regular season, they got to where they haven't been in twenty twenty one years. Four presidents, ten uh, U.S. two in the Olympics. Um, Crazy. Uh, I mean, it's he wasn't so good for that city. You probably was just born, yep. Four presidents, ten Olympics. I was nine when they made the playoffs last time. Were you? I just turned 30. So, did you for real? Yeah. He did, Saturday. just a few days ago. Yeah. I got your card, thank you. Fuck off. You got a... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lots of Sports Talk. We're going to come back. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're ready. You got the horn. <laughs> Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports hey welcome back welcome to sports talk alex clancy Deborah debris i had uh you know what we're gonna do we're gonna change up a lot of this music stuff when we go four days a week john missile get on it we're going to change up all this music. <laughs> uh, we, we, we're going four days a week, and we can't talk about everything in this one hour. I wouldn't mind four days a week, two hours a uh, show. That would be good. I know. I don't know who's behind us, but it really shouldn't matter. They're not better than us, but whoever we're, that we're is. Very, we're very special. Yeah, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. Kind of, sort of, Deborah. Kind of, sort of, almost. <laughs> yeah, kind of, sort of, almost. No, we, we, at Voice America, they, they do put on good shows here. So I actually, you know what? I, there's Do you guys listen to the uh, other shows out here on, on yeah, the station? Oh yeah. 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 
That's they some good have, ones. I go over to the other, the wellness and all that stuff. They have some good shows over there. Absolutely. Yeah, so, it, you know, it's, it's pretty good stuff. Um, too bad we don't have webcam and TV where we could be seen, and mostly me. One seen. step at a time. Well, in your purple shirt. <laughs> and my purple. Lavender It's shirt. lavender. Lavender Lavender. Oh, Two snaps. <laughs> Three snaps in a Z formation. <laughs> Alex. Let's I've never in, done that before in my life. I know. That's why you know what we're talking about. Let's get into uh, <laughs> let's get into some baseball. The um, the Rays plays last night. They uh, they played the uh, Texas Rangers. Who we, you know, you made a comment before we went out to break. I didn't know if I liked the one game playoff. Just flip a coin and see who will get in. You shouldn't tie it anyway. Anybody comes out like that. I didn't know if I was going to like the one game playoff, but it is because I always thought, I always think in sports when it's on TV, it's for money purposes. Yeah, I mean, it, well, last night was a was a tie break to get into the one game playoff. Right. So, so you get. So, I mean, it, David Price. I I don't know if um, if uh, manager Madden over there will. Joe Madden. Yeah. Well, when he when he uh, he, he let him finish the game like he complete game. Uh, I think that those last two innings, you go to your reliever. And David Price was. They tried to take him out of the game, and he said no. In case you need him. In yeah. This in, next game? Because every. Every inning matters in playoff baseball. Especially, I mean, look at look at Arizona when they won the when they won the World Series in '01. Mm-hmm. You had those guys pitch. Kurt Schilling and Randy Johnson pitched almost every game, you know, in one facet or another. If I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna lose with my best players. Yeah. So David, I mean, this is it. It, it was a calculated risk, and obviously it worked out. But if if they get into the playoffs and, and he hurts his arm or, or he's tired, it could really. They were up three runs. It could really jeopardize well, you, uh, their playoff wins later on. Would you look back and say I should have done that, or you say because you put the it's best? Too, it's out too early there, to tell. But you put the best, yeah, because they you know they still ongoing. But you, you want to put your best players out there to give you the best chance. They ninety two and seventy one, ninety one and seventy two now um, tied tied in the conference their division. I thought you keep the guy out there who says he wants to play. It's hard for me to say a guy wants to play because if I need him next game, he's like, should have kept me out there. We'd have won this. Or if they happen to lose. But I thought they had the game in command. Um, it was a 5-2 game. Uh, Tampa Bay uh, Rays uh, end up pulling it out, winning. And they that was the game to get into this playoff with, mm-hmm. the, with the another playoff. So, you know, you, play your, you, you pitch your two best pitchers going into these games – even to get into the big game, the five, so it's, it's best three out of five if they if they win this game. I know they're playing the Cleveland Indians, but and that's a tough Cleveland. The way they've playing ten games in a row just to even get in the playoff. And we've seen this last year it was a year before with the St. Louis Cardinals winning ten yep. games to get into the playoffs and knocking about two teams out of the not two teams. They locked the Atlanta Braves out of it. Um, <laughs> but you know the hot team and this team going in playing already in playoff mode. And the hot team in the Cleveland Indians. Um, this this would be one to watch and something we could talk about. Something when the show starts uh, four days a week, we'll be talking about this again. Yeah, and the the one uh, other story that that, that uh, really rang true to me that really actually pissed me off was uh, Nelson Cruz, who was suspended fifty games for steroids, Came was back. able to play this game. Yeah. So I think this is the the karma. Like if Texas, like say Nelson Cruz hits a walk off home run, does the, does the steroid suspension really prove positive? If you have a strong team, you take one of the best players off, but he's still allowed to play for the playoffs. Didn't he take that uh, fifty game? Been, they, yeah, he took the fifty game, so he knew he'd be back for the playoffs. Right. But, yeah. But, yeah, it was strategic then, timing. Right, but then they had to sit a guy out who was been playing the whole time. Right, who's always in the rhythm of playing, and right. he comes back. Ernest position. Yeah, and comes back. He he didn't do anything to help them win. Mm-hmm. No, uh, but, but yeah. if he did, it would have been. 
the biggest smack in the face with for Major Rose. League. Yeah, Bud Selig would have been, I'm going to retire in uh, well, right so now as opposed to two years from now. Yeah. <laughs> Is he waiting two years? I thought it was I think it's 2015. Up. Man, he's going to get this. Well, I don't want to say anything bad about him. I don't know him like that. But, um, but that, never uh, stopped but that doesn't you matter. Before. Yeah. <laughs> 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 don't pack off now, Kwame. Wow, he's, <laughs> um, yeah, it would it would have been, a, I thought he was retiring pretty much this year. Mm-hmm. And to bring somebody in. I loved watching the retirement of the relief pitcher. Oh, Mariano Rivera. Oh my gosh, yeah, Rivera. Yeah. That was cool. That Cla- was a um, classic guy. He right. he was another guy that took some stuff too. He's another guy. Um, yeah, I believe it was uh, Mario Rivera took some stuff and you know got it out the way. Never, never. never. It wasn't him. Yeah. He, was he, it? He's Who the was best it? thing. Who was it that came out and said I've uh, Eric Gagne? No, was he, it closer? No, no, no. It, I thought it was a. I thought it was a pitcher. Yeah, I took this, took that, get it out the way. When everybody else was denying that, it, well, that, that was Andy it. Pettit for the Yankees. <clears throat> was it? Oh, okay. It might have been. Yeah, Andy Pettit. That's who it was. Yeah, my good memory. Andy but anyway, Pettit. when you have somebody like a relief pitcher like that, who is just so awesome at what he does, obviously he doesn't play nearly as much as all the other players. But when you've got a guy that, when he's warming up, getting ready to come out, and he starts to put fear in, some, in the opposing team. <laughs> That's a guy. Yeah, that he has deserves, one pitch. Yeah, he has exactly. one pitch, but they know it's coming. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he has m- most saves in a, in, uh, Major League Baseball history. Right. Joe Girardi, class act, sent Derek Jeter and Andy Pettit out to the mound to to, to relieve Mariano Rivera. They all hugged in the middle of the field. That was one of the best moments that I've experienced yeah. in my sports. I mean, obviously, it's. I mean, that it's just it, the uh, sanctity of the game has been questioned for so long, and he is the most pure form of Major League Baseball player in recent history. It's him and Derek Jeter. You know, I love Derek Jeter, and he. I mean, Mario Rivera has done so much for this game to keep it grounded when all of these steroid allegations came out, especially when pitchers started getting popped for steroids, also. And he just. Well, and I think the word you use, pure, too. I think that is so accurate. That again, you've got a guy who loves the game, loves what he does. Um, the fans love him, and so do the other team members. That uh, it was, it was a great moment to watch, and very emotional to see him, you know, break down and really allow himself to feel what was going right. on and the love that was For, coming towards him. Yeah, the first time he's ever showed emotion in his whole career. Exactly. Uh, yeah, because it's, it's about to be over. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's that's a it. It, it, yeah. it. it is tough. It's about to be over. You're like, oh, I'm not going to do this anymore. Right. It, what a great life for pitchers, though. And you're mm. pitching every four days. Uh, you get sixty million to a hundred something million dollars to do that. that right. That's a great life, but you have to come out. It's like a field goal. It's like a kicker in football. You, you have, have to come out and do your job. You still yeah. have to be ready, right. and it's nerve wracking being on the sidelines, waiting job. to go in. You it's get. the toughest job because you, you know, when you called upon, you have to be able to deliver right then, right now, without even having a feel of the game or warming up. That's why you got to stay in the game, even if you're on the sideline. You stay. You keep the pulse of the game. It's kind of like uh, also uh, special team guys. Mm-hmm. You only got. One to one to five, uh, not one to five, but five to ten chances to go out there and make a big play, and that's running down on kickoff or punt protection or or, or punting. Well, that's the thing. Even when I'm waking, uh, working with guys that are um, second string, you know, it's the same thing as you know, we, the mentally as well as phys- physically. When they're doing it right, they're mm-hmm. training themselves as if they are a starter, because right. they could be at you any have play. To. If any you your any weight, particular play, they could be the starter. If you work your way, you have to change. You have to have right. your mindset that. And not to say the guy in front of you isn't better than you, but if that should go down, because the veterans I know, they say be ready to play. Absolutely. Because this football is so violent, it's a, it's a long season to go by so quick. Yep. Be ready to play when your turn is up. And it, it wasn't like – and there's a difference between, you know, when you talked about the purity in sports and, <clears throat> and baseball, well, there's a difference in some organizations within that, within that sport. The Yankees did it first class the way they sent him off. 
Yes. And let, let us not forget that Andy Pettis uh, finished his career with the first complete game, and I think it was seven years. Right. Yeah. Seven years. So, um, you know, we could say what we want about the Yankees, say what we want about how they buy championships. If you can afford it, pay for them. You still got to put the guys on the field. You can say about, you know, everything that's going on with A-Rod. But these guys, for the most part, most part they, they are first class. Well, yeah. you can take those moments. You know, we talk about all the negative stuff. Take those moments and go, man, that's, you know, it's an incredible, incredible time. Yeah. And, and those times like that right there with, with uh, Rivero, with Pettis, uh, finishing his last game of his career, finishing in a complete game, you're never going to forget that. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to, for Yankee fans because this might be the last good moment they're going to get for the next ten years. <laughs> so this is this is truly the end the, of an era. Blow the team up, and well, Garola—they talking about he may be a Cub, he may be a a Cubs mm-hmm. GM. Is it Cubs or uh, yeah, it's Cubs? Mm-hmm. Brian Cashman? No, uh, Gerardo. The um, oh, Ger- oh, the manager? the manager, Joe Girardi. Yeah, I mean, because uh, they still owe Teixeira a boatload of money. They owe Aaron a boatload of money pending his suspension, and. Jeter's maybe got one more hobbled year left, and 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 that's it. Like the crux of the dynasty, this most recent dynasty is 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 defunct. It's done. Yeah, um, yeah. Jeter's literally in no point of team, maybe on his last leg. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he fought so hard. I think I think, hobble, he, <laughs> I think he lost so much in energy in the uh, fighting so hard to get that contract three mm-hmm. years, two or three years ago. Uh, but you know, it, it, they still first class. Jeter. If you ever hung out with him outside of his sport, this guy's a monster. He's a different ball game. You think he's he's Dirk Jeter off the, the Dirk, Dirk Jeter we know off the off the field off the diamond. He, he's a different guy. He's probably spent half of his career earnings on care packages for women. He uh, I don't know about all that. <laughs> <laughs> he's a different ball game though. He's he's he owns New York. He can run for mayor. I guarantee you, he will win. He can run for mayor. Hey, he either win or get shot, one of the two. Oh, that's, one or two. Yeah, let's, assassinate. Let, let's uplift this a little well, bit. That's, <laughs> that's good. Well, you're not great until you're assassinated anyway. So you might as well be doing Take something like turn. Hey, let's turn to uh, college football. You guys watch any college football games. Because the talk is, and, I, and Danny Connell made a comment that I, I actually believe, I believe to be true. Uh, but it still has to be put to the test. And he said that Alabama's not the number one team. They won't. They're not even the number one team in the SEC. And that's kind of tough. These guys coming off the uh, coming off the national championship two years in a row. Um, it's kind of tough. I, I do want to talk too. So remind me because we're gonna come back. We got two minutes to break, but we're gonna come back and we get into down and dirty with Deborah. But I want to talk about um, Georgia. Did Georgia finally get over the hump in this LSU game? And I watch LSU. No defense, no defense whatsoever, but I watch this quarterback just – if I'm – the draft is coming up, it's going to be between the Georgia quarterback and the Alabama quarterback, who I'm taking first in yeah. the draft. Uh, and going back to my comments last week, defense is obsolete. If the SEC goes down in defense, then, then that's it. I mean, because that's what they their bread and butter was. It was the run games. Uh, game managers and defense and stop them and get the ball back and slow the clock up and when every time you get the ball you score okay you say defense so when a team like Oregon comes to town it could put up 49 points easily and that would be the least they would put up but we watch Oregon do that all off, all you know regular season and then when it comes to playoffs or when it comes to a, it's that one game that they don't put up 40 something points they yeah. put up like 23 points which every good team in the conference in the country can do that 
yeah, put up 23 points. This is the year that the SEC, in my opinion, will be dethroned. I think. Because now it's an even playing field, and you have the West Coast offenses that are bred better to score more points than the SEC. So, I, I, I mean, it'll be really interesting. Because, and the one thing you think is Georgia, is Georgia over the hump? No, because they play Clemson in, in week one and lost. If you have a tough schedule About in three. conference, yeah, yeah. you do not need to play a top 10 uh, team preseason. You don't have to. And they still haven't learned that yet. I think uh, Murray stepped up. I was waiting for Georgia to choke and throw it away like they did last year. It could have been playing in the national championship. I was waiting for them to choke. Unfortunately, I shouldn't have had a feeling about some, t- some kids who's really playing their heart out and really have more passion than anybody in the game um, to win games. But Murray came out. He stepped up. Yeah. He was, he was so aware of his past or the team's past of, of losing games like that, he couldn't even watch. I tell you what, we take a quick break. We come back, we get down and dirty with Deborah. We talk some um, college football. We get into some NFL football. Kwame Lassen Sports Talk, Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris. She ain't even checking me. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now some of you might still be in that place. If you're trying to get out, just follow me. Hey, welcome back to the Kwame Lasso, the Sports Talk. This is the segment where we get down and dirty. But before we get down and dirty, Alex had to go get down and dirty. He had to go do a number two. For all his, that, that, all, is, that is absolutely, all his, all absolutely fans, false. All his ten fans that listen to him or uh, followers that listen to him, you kind of like got a cult. You got one or more. There you go. You got followers. That's a follow. It's a cult. You wash your hands, man? Yeah. <laughs> Don't be touching stuff in here. You can wash your hands. Okay. The bathroom. Thank you. Know what? I'll write these down. <laughs> yeah, you do that. <laughs> Tips to know. Let me call Fran. We we'll get get Fran. <laughs> Francis, call in if you're listening. Hey, let's get, <laughs> let's get down and dirty with Deborah. We'll get back to some college football and international NFL football. All right. I just want to state: average is for sissies. Mm-hmm. Staying stuck in average is stupid. Those are the first two lines out of my book. Average is an addiction from mediocre to millions. I'm constantly, I mean, constantly amazed at how many people 
in business, in sports, in parenting, in relationships, doesn't matter where, but they really are barely getting by. They don't want to ruffle feathers. They're looking to fit in, blend in, protect themselves, their job at all costs. They don't ever want to take a risk by, ta- you know, be at risk by taking a risk. But then there are those, you know, there's those rare instances, and there's one I read about and saw in the news and stuff just this past week, that, you know, when somebody starts to step out, go above and beyond the norm, they step up, they step out, they exceed expectations. There's a coach, a high school coach, who actually expected his players to have character and to have respect both on the field and off the field. Doesn't seem to be outlandish, but it seemed to be something that the players weren't able to participate in. They thought that they were better than the rest. So here's what happened. Um, The players were found to be bullying, uh, cyberbullying, ganging up on people that they thought were weaker than themselves. They thought that they were easy prey. Some of the players had poor grades. They were skipping school. They were acting up in class and acting out in class. So after Friday's game, coach, now this is the coach of the Union High Roosevelt, Utah team, Coach Labram. He and his coaching team had met late at night and decided that they were going to take a stance, a stance that most coaches won't take but probably should take. And he ended up, after the end of Friday's game, they handed every single player, 50 players on the team, a note that basically told the team that it was not going to happen anymore. Turn in their jerseys, they were all suspended, every single one of them. Now, some of the people look at this and they might say, well, he was punishing these guys. I look at it and say, you know, you know what, you've got to earn your spot back on the team, which is what the coach's stance was as well. He basically told these guys that they needed to go out and perform some uh, community service. They had to um, report to study hall for two hours, and they needed to be able to come back and prove to him that they had learned and that they were willing to come back on the team and be the player that they were supposed to be both on on the field and off the field. Some of the players ended up, one of the guys actually... um, went home, had a long talk with his parents, which many of them did, so hooray for that too, finally having a good, strong conversation with the parents. But one of the players um, actually went and cleaned the pig pen, actually scooping shit, I mean literally. (laughs) His mom said afterwards that they probably have the cleanest pig pen in the entire county, Uh, something that he had never done, she was planning on doing, and he took the stance and made it happen. Then you've got uh, another kid who went out and started fixing fences. They fixed one of the yards where there had been a car go through the yard and it had sat that way with all the tire tracks in somebody's yard for weeks and months on end, and they fixed that. Some of the guys picked up wood and hammers and started repairing decks in the neighborhood. They were all asked to write papers to document their community uh, service with pictures and to also memorize quotations on character. So I look at this, and as the players started earning their way back on the team throughout the week, because the next game was their homecoming game, and they started earning their way back onto the team, started learning what it was like to be privileged enough to play on the team, not only because of their skill, but because of their internal character and the respect that they had for themselves as well as for others. So at the end of this, I look at it and say, you know, there's some great lessons to be learned here, but not only for the coach and the players and the parents in that community, but to each one of us look at ourselves. 
and to be a little bit curious about the fact of looking and saying, where are we comfortable? Where are we fitting in, blending in? Where are you afraid to step over the line and make a call, to have a conversation that you should have had and you keep putting off because it feels uncomfortable to have that conversation? Where are you compromising your own integrity and your own values? Where are you not acting as courageous as you could be and should be in order to get the results that you say you want, but you haven't been willing to step up and do it? Where are you staying stuck in average, acting like a sissy when in reality to get ahead, to exceed and excel, it takes bold decisions and ballsy actions? Down and Dirty with Deborah, yourclearedge.com. You know, that's a tough decision. What about those guys? Tough decision for the coach to make, but I'm sure he talked it over with staff. I'm not saying it's the wrong thing, mm-hmm. you know, because you, you do have guys as senior that might be on a cusp of getting scholarships. Exactly. But do you? But in the long run, I think it's benef- it's beneficial to them because why do I have to wait this long for you to have some values, um, for you to uh, res- understand that playing high school sports is just is it should be an honor. First thing you go to school for anyway is for the grades, I would think. Right. Um, supposed to be. Supposed to be. but so many athlete. But you have some teaching. Yeah, you have some teachers that so much, um, they are so so hugely um, sports fans that, you know, if a guy's getting a C or D, it's okay. You can, We'll find a way to get you on the field. I've seen that a lot in sports. Well, parents do it too. They allow it to happen at home in the disrespect and those type of things. But then you have so. guys like uh, Dexter Manley. You have guys mm-hmm. who, who can't read at the age of 40-something. Right. You, you have guys that only know X's and O's football, mm-hmm. and they can't read. Yeah. They just know where they're supposed to go. And then you wonder why they get in trouble because everybody, there are some kids still being pushed along. They've been pushed along or they've been pushed out. Right. Yeah, it's a whole other conversation, a whole other topic of um, high school kids and, and their academics. Well, and it's the precedence be- that's being set now that gets carried through into college and then also into the pro sports when they have the talent to get into there, but then you see them acting up at, you know, adult ages um, because they haven't had that grounding when they were younger. Yeah, you can't. At some point, you have to take the ACTs. At some point, you have to take the SATs. Um, and how do you get in these big colleges? Junior college, junior, there's a place for, you know, JCs, but then you have to come out of the JC. If you yeah. don't know what you don't know, uh, I understand that. But if you, if there's somebody who should have a responsibility for you at a certain time, let's say from 8 to 2.30 when you're in school, to, to, make, to get straight A's students, let me break this down real quick. Not, not straight A's because everybody learns a different way. But the good students, when they come home, during the week of, of school, they put about 14 hours in after school, 14-plus hours after school. Those, <clears throat> those could be the kids that get mostly A's and B's. Uh, then there are some that put eight hours in, uh, B's and C's. <clears throat> this all this takes place after school. So you just can't think what you learn in school is going to cross over into uh, your everyday life. You have to have a rhythm, some type of pattern, uh, where you want to learn and where you're willing to learn. Guys who get well, C's and D's, they come home from school. They might put an hour in. That's an hour doing homework, and they back to doing what they want to do. Then they're looking for the next sports channel to see what happened. Now, with this is interesting. So say it wasn't all 50 kids. Okay, say it right. was say it was 28. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Out of the hole. And you have your star quarterback, you have your star running back, and you have your star wide receiver that didn't partake in this. Mm-hmm. 
Now, I think that is a disservice from the coach because now if you're looked at exactly the same talent-wise as somebody that didn't go through a cyberbullying scandal from recruiters in college, that it, the coach just did that kid, that child, a disservice by grouping him with everybody else. Yes, it's a team. It's a high school sport. You're all part of the team. You're all equally responsible, loosely defined with regards to being more responsible in college and the pros when it's actually the real deal. But, I mean, that's a that's a harsh double-edged sword because some people might not have been responsible and they're going to get grouped in with the people that uh, that did the, and everybody got suspended i mean i think that whew, well, and that's, I mean, the that's thing, tough that's, and that's the thing as i was researching this so i didn't see enough details that would tell me if everybody within that 50 had participated in some way meaning maybe not the cyberbullying, maybe they were the grades maybe it was the uh, lack of discipline in the classroom. So uh, there wasn't enough information, so we're talking about a lump picture. But I do agree with you that if there's, you know, it's, you know, who do you hang out with, you know, is always going to be how you're going to be judged. And if you're hanging out with kids that are acting like that, what was their responsibility to step up and say something um, to pull those guys into line? I didn't know they had, um, in Utah, I didn't know they still had pig pens and stuff like that. <laughs> well, this is, uh, yeah, outside and, you know, outside Salt Lake when it away, so it's farming country. I'll tell you this, all joking aside, when it comes down to um, two kids, mm. two similar kids in their academics and, and maybe in their sports uh, arena, when you're looking at for one of those kids to come to your college, your university, it's going to be the guy who has the, um, the outside, um, you know, doing the uh, charitable work. Right. That's the guy you don't have to worry about. That's the person you don't have to worry about at your university, at your college, yeah. because that's what he or she does. He's going to show up and do his job. Yeah, it's, yeah. that's what they know. Right. But, but if I got to worry about you, get, and I don't, I'm not a fan of punishing kids, you know, outside of uh, them being kids mm. for life. I'm not a fan of punishing them for life. But if you don't learn, if you don't learn from your mistakes, then you're telling me you're going to do what you want to do or you just don't care. Well, and part of it is they, oh, were, they, had, they had a meeting the, ne the following day at 7 o'clock in the morning where they brought the whole team together and they had conversations and discussed it. So they didn't just cut the line and say, here, you guys go do, you know, do what we're telling you to do and then come back. There was a lot of discussions going on throughout all of this. One of the other aspects I look at, too, is just even the aspect of um, having the discipline to study that I know the guys and the pros, man, they are spending every hour practically off the practice field studying films, studying plays, watching, you know, and they're in the, the ones that are any good are so disciplined in really those not are, only working their body, they're working their mind as far as studying the plays. Those are the professionals. Absolutely. We call those guys professionals. We call some guys, some guys just don't get it. Uh, at, uh, you, you watch these guys uh, professionally, mm -hmm. NFL or whatever their chosen uh, professional sport is, you watch them go about their business, and you can you can actually pinpoint who the professionals are. They care the most, mm -hmm. but they, like Tom Brady, he cares a lot. Tom Brady's have he's rarely been in a situation where he has to, um, he has to pout. He has to do do those things to the receiver, but he, he's so passionate about what he right. does, it comes off that way because we've never seen it at all. But when you look on the football field, or you, you look at uh, these get these guys' daily walk, you can tell who the professionals are. Well, and the guys that are professional, this is a job. So they understand it's a job. So they go through whatever it takes to do their job so they have the 
opportunity and the privilege to actually play the game on Sunday. Yeah, and we were talking about this off air, what Patrick Peterson did and showed how much maturity he had. Mm, and that's yes. that that's bred from not only experience but studying and Absolutely. mental toughness and stuff. Because when he intercepted the ball at the end of the game against Tampa Bay, and I've or we've already we t- I texted <laughs> you right after. Yeah, you did. I was like, he, I he was gone. gone. He was gone. Yeah. He was gone. And I told you I loathed it because I have Arizona's defense for my fantasy team. Really? So that would have been, of course, I do. Well, I dropped them last week. I didn't. I didn't put them up against the Saints. But uh, but uh, <laughs> you're, not, you, you, you're not consistent. You got to stay consistent. Well, no, defenses. <laughs> defenses. I'll I'll draw you a diagram later about fantasy sports. That, right? um, but yeah, so he he caught the ball. He saw the end zone. I mean, he was one block away from a defensive tackle on the quarterback from being gone, and he slid. He's like, "We win. I don't need to make this about me." And that maturity, yes. and that, and he, I think now showed that he's a professional, and that is the number, in my opinion, since Larry Fitzgerald, that might be the most important pick for the Arizona Cardinals franchise. If he can stay healthy, and if he can continue to grow and teach Teron Matthew how to play football and do all these things, I think he can be a very, very important person in the lore of Arizona Cardinals football. That was one of the most. That was one of the important picks. But I, I go to a comment. I've had this comment. Um, during the week before we before we got here today, um, I guess it was the weekend. I, I, a grown man, I'm not going to teach you how to stay out of trouble. Um, um, you've been in enough trouble, and you, we talked about this on the air, Tyron Matthew. You've been in enough trouble. You got a second chance. You are the best. That's the best. That's the best. That's a good pick for the Arizona Cardinals. It was that's a third actually, rounder too. Yeah, so, I mean, they a didn't... first rounder that went in the third rounder. If he didn't get in trouble, everything he did at LSU uh, warrants a first round pick. I don't care about his size. Look at Drew Brees, six foot, right. maybe. Or yeah. six foot, yeah. With high heels on. <laughs> don't try to make him something and, and he's not. <laughs> he, putting high heels on him. Cool Breeze, is, he's that guy. But Fantasy. Uh, <laughs> Got him. EJ Manuel? No. Anyway, anyway, that was a first-round talent that went in the third round. I'm not going – now, I came into a team with some veterans. I, I mentioned that a lot. Probably will today I die uh, if we're talking football and Cardinals. Um these guys show you how to be a professional, and if you can't, if you can't look at them and see how to work, when see those, see who those guys, because you can distinguish between this guy's here for football and the money, this guy's here for the team and football, right. and, and there's a huge difference. Uh, but if he can't figure out, now you do got to have a mentor. Now P- Patrick Peterson coming from the same place, it's a it's perfect, a, perfect fit, right? And I think that's why they draft him because they talked to Patrick Peterson. Should we get this guy? Patrick only seen the good things out of him. He probably heard most of the stuff. He was never with him when this stuff went down. He know what this guy does on the field. He know how this guy talks. We talked about. I, I talked about Jake Plummer. People think so much about him, or so or not so much about him. When I talked to Jake Plummer, uh, when we 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 all golfing, you would think this guy wants to win the Super Bowl. He talks with that passion, and nothing strays. Nothing in me say I don't believe it, but. Same thing with Patrick Peterson. I mean, not Patrick Peterson, but Tyron Matthews. He probably talks football all the time. Uh, he just get around certain people and do dumb things. Right. But I can't, as a grown man, I can't tell you how to stay out. I can't teach you how to stay out of trouble if I don't get in trouble. I can tell you, you can't do those things. You've been watching that. You're under the microscope. You've already been in that trouble before. Uh, back to those high school kids, if you can't learn from your mistakes, then you're telling me you're going to do what you want to do. You think you're above the law, or you just don't care. Now, he... He's been on his best behavior since, um, and I do agree with Alex that um, Patrick Peterson could be a good mentor for him. But I can't. Patrick Peterson has a family, also. Uh, you know, you keep those guys around you, but at some point, 
You're going to do what you want to do when you want to do it, and nobody's going to be able to stop you from doing that. Well, and that's where you have to pick and choose as, as a player or a person just in, in general is who are you going to model. And, you know, it's not one person. You look at, you know, different aspects of different people that you really want to, you know, maybe play certain plays like or act like or be respected in certain ways or have, you know, that family, um, you know, love and the character and the respect and those type of things and pick and choose the different areas that you want to model and decide what's most important to you is to have that, you know, the life that you've been working towards or to go out and hang with your friends on a night and end up ruining everything else. I think he's the... um Stand on the right track, he played 10-plus years, and he, he will be serviceable because he could do a lot of things other than just play defense. Let's, get, let's go even depth, more in-depth into football. New Orleans Saints, you watched the game last <laughs> night. That team looks so in sync. I think the um, two things, the confidence or the, the comfort that these guys have by P- Sean Payton <laughs> being back, <laughs> I think on a long shot that people call him. I don't really think it's a long shot. I've been around this guy, uh, Rob Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, being a defense coordinator, change somewhat of the mentality. That defense can right. get better, but when you plan with a lead, every defense is good. The Oregon, the Oregon um, Ducks defense is better. They've planned with a sixty-point lead all the time, um, so you can take those chances. But I think I look at the New Orleans Saints and I, I, I look at them and I say, other than the Seattle Seahawks, like who's in the NFC going to go and compete with these two? It has to go through one of those teams at this rate. Now, New Orleans does have a – they have a test coming up. Uh, they go to uh, – they got two games coming up that they're on the road and uh, against better teams. I'm not saying Miami wasn't good. Miami was 3-0. and It was 3-0 and for a reason. They learned how – they found a way to win those three games. That makes you somewhat good. Tannehill just had a bad game. Drew Brees had – I think he couldn't miss. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because Darren Sproul, I mean, there's so many things that when you have Darren Sproul's healthy, when you have Jimmy Graham healthy, who he might be the best offensive receiver, tight end receiver in the NFL if he stays healthy. He's 6'7", 270. He's got great hands. Can run. He can jump. He played basketball in college. And Drew Brees, all he has to do is put the touch on the ball, throw it up, and double coverage. He caught a ball double coverage last night. <laughs> Triple coverage. Yeah, it's just, it's <laughs> two and a half. It's not, <laughs> it's not fair. <laughs> the first three weeks, they were a top five defense. Mm-hmm. So that, I mean, I think that's a premonition. I really don't think that's going to withstand throughout the whole year. But it's, let's just keep it this tough. way. Arizona was 4-0 to start the year last year. So there's so many things that could happen. Stop the bringing f- up old stuff. The first quarter of the season is when most uh, projections and most jump to conclusion moments are made. So we just have to wait and see what happens. They have a pretty weak division, seemingly so far. Carolina, well, Atlanta's one and three. Tampa Bay is zero in the world. We weren't saying that two weeks ago. We wasn't saying that that division was going to be weak because I, I, I honestly thought the NFC South would be the I, I would say the NFC West, the NFC East, NFC that's just East. dropped off the face of the earth, right? So I thought the South would be yeah. That them guys. Oh my god, <laughs> they they in a toilet bowl. They, uh, but I thought the NFC South would be one of those teams, one of the, that conference where you would get one of those teams, and then you you will, you probably yeah. will get the New Orleans Saints out of there to compete for a Super Bowl. You look at the quarterbacks around the league now. You, you Drew Brees, you cannot. I don't know where you put this guy. You can't put him at number one because of what Peyton Manning is doing. Yeah. But this guy has has they he has New Orleans Saints back in business. Absolutely, uh, and, they're and, working they, as a team again. And you have so many. Pronosticators talking about um, there's no way this team is going to sustain what they was doing because Sean Payton is back. Well, it's a long season. Some guys gonna get hurt. Some guys gonna get tired. They're gonna lose two two games, maybe three. 
But the, um, the the distance of the football, I watched the team go four and twelve, and then win the Super Bowl next year. Right. It's possible. I because yeah. I've seen that, I would never put them out of the. They're well, not that's going the thing. To the Super Bowl. Every game is a new game because you don't know who's going to show up on the field based on injuries from the last, you know, the last game. You know, look at what's going on with the Browns. You know, I mean, they came back. I never would have thought about watching you know, you that, that game. Up. And holy man, was that a good game? I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought up the Browns because that's another team I want to talk about. Doesn't look it looked beneficial for Trent Richardson to be in Indianapolis, and they they are winning. They did lose last week, but they, two weeks ago they won um, last weekend. Uh, but the Cleveland Browns are playing because you don't have. We talked this in basketball. You don't have the point guard. Or, you know, you don't have that superstar that you have to cater to. You don't have to give right. him fifty million carries, uh, even though he's talented enough. But you don't want to. In the National Football League, you got to have two quarterbacks, two running backs. You have a running back by committee. Trent Richardson is that guy who can carry the load. The Cleveland Browns, with um, well, what they're doing. They look pretty good. They look like a great decision because they get first-round picks next year. Absolutely. Then they can go get a quarterback. Right. Well, no, I think they might have found their quarterback. Mm. That Hoyer kid looks like the real deal. I'm going to get Andy Murray um, out of Georgia or um, my guy out of um, Alabama, the quarterback out of Alabama. A.J. McCarron. I think they're A.J. Right, McCarron. But what if they go 6-10 and 10 this year and Hoyer has a great year? I'm going to get a quarterback. Still? <laughs> no, because well, why would you have to make like you don't That's have, the only reason. You already, have, you already did that last year. And and that I got, didn't a, work. I got a twenty eight year old Benjamin Button. I got a, yeah. yeah. I got a, <laughs> Gee, nice pull. Um, no, no, no. With, with that, I think that you, you got to stick with him. If they finish six and ten, I will stick with him. Yeah, but bring somebody to move underneath. I them. will stick with him, and he may be going to the season as the quarterback. But I have to bring. I don't. I, quarterback controversies kill teams. You know why a lot of quarterbacks? Um, they, they do. You know why a lot of quarterbacks came in and had to play right away because back then they had to give them fifty million dollars. Uh, Bradford. Yeah, look sick. at how he's doing. Yeah, you had to give them fifty guaranteed million dollars. Now you don't have to do that to these guys. Right. Now you can actually sit these guys for a year or two. I will have Hoyer as a my starter going into him as my starter. But AJ McCarron and uh, Andy Murray, I'm bringing Teddy one Bridgewater. Of, I mean, there's yeah, so a lot of guys, one, and I don't have to get them fifty million dollars. I'm bringing those guys in because. Ultimately, I think that's why they traded Trenton Richardson. They traded this guy, and they're playing well. Look who their offensive coordinator is. Look who their defensive coordinator yeah. is. So they're starting out. Yeah. They, they, got, right. they got one of the most exciting tight ends in the game, Jordan the, Cameron. The head coach has nothing to do huh. but um, manage. He has nothing to do. He got, a, he got two head coaches, an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator. So I'll, Cleveland, we look for those guys to do some things down the road. Yeah, I mean, but you have Mariota. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Aaron Murray, AJ McCarron, AJ. Johnny Manziel. Five are going to go next year in the first and second round, probably. May, I mean, Johnny Manziel might dip, but uh, f- first and second round, five of them. Probably only two will work out. So there's so there's so much risk taking a quarterback in the first round as they as they saw previously. But you have to because you don't want to be seen not saying you don't want to be that team because the Cardinals used to do this a lot. They would take a guy so the media wouldn't eat him up. Say this guy was sitting right here. Why you didn't get him? You remember? You know how many guys we. Ed, Peterson could be here. Could be here. There's a lot of guys could be with the Arizona Cardinals, but you don't know what these guys gonna be until they get where they are, right. because their atmosphere and their and their that high expectation yeah, changes, it changes everything. It changes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Brandon Weed was only good because he had Justin Blackman. Right. You know. And I mean, he made State. his career. Yeah. So uh, that, that was an awful pick by them. You know what? Unfortunately, we are running out of time Jeez. again. So much to talk about. So much to talk about. So we really, uh, you know, we, we will be going to again. Four days a week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, 
What else we got? We, we, we do that for four days a week. Yeah. I'm trying to think of some more stuff to uh, put in. You, your Rant Sports. Uh, RantSports.com. Yeah, I'm doing blogging. it. YourClearEdge.com. Um, and you can find me at the nearest golf course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't bother me other than that. <laughs> don't talk to me. Don't, don't walk up to me. We, um, we, you know, we was going to talk about some hockey. Hockey starts today, but we'll get into some hockey since Kevin had he. Just getting his press he can, pass. He Thursday. can research. Yeah. yeah, he can do his stuff. We, but you know, we got to talk about our hockey team here. The Coyotes here. Yeah. Um, we want to support all the teams. Uh, well, good that they're here. And yeah, that we got yeah. all that settled. New management. Yeah, and that's one of the things I want to talk about. The, the, uh, after all that being done, the team is here. Will the team be here in five years? Right. And and how? Who who do we have up there? And we'll do our own research also. Come last, sports talk. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in this week. Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.